You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And we're live here in Fargo. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo. I'm with Jack Kennelly, and we have Roxanne Salonen in studio today. It's great to see you. I'm so excited about this. Um, we have, uh, before we get started, Jack, I probably should uh, do the Doreen Kennelly honorary uh, dad joke here. So um, I, uh, I should probably get started with that. Did you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke, Jack? Who's there? He won the Nobel Prize. Oh, brother. <laughs> Hey, that's a good one. That's a terrible one. And we're also joined by Patty Armstrong on the phone. Patty, hi. How are you doing? Hi. I just had to laugh. That is a funny joke. It's, a, it's not a terrible yes. joke, but it's. I, I would say that Doreen is probably better. That's why I'm yeah. the B-Squad. You know, that's why she's usually here. We had Roxanne and Patty on the last time when Doreen were on last month. Is that right? Yeah. These two women are no strangers to the media. I think I was thinking we could refer to you as the... Uh, Media mavens of the Midwest, or something. Wow. Like that. <laughs> like Lots that. of alliteration. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. But anyway, I guess we're here to talk some more about your. You know, your book has been out for a while, and uh, uh, well, how's it going? <laughs> well, first well, why of don't you, let's talk about the book again because I'm, I'm sure we got listeners who weren't here the last time. So, well, you had a, the M alliteration, and I was thinking we could throw motherhood and we could throw Monica in yes, there. Yes, we could. Oh, we could. Yes, you really could. But, uh, yes, our book is called "What Would Monica Do?" So, what would she do? Um, what did she do when her son Augustine, whom she loved very much, it was her older son, oldest son of three kids decided to go off and uh, abandon the faith and take up heretical thinking. and No parent in this day and age has experienced any of that, no, I'm sure. No, this is totally unique. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I was listening to the last interview, and he was talking about that, the pagan world and the Christian world. Yeah. And we've mentioned several times that it was kind of backwards flip-flopped in the, in the time of St. Augustine and Monica because... They were a pagan world that was starting to become Christian, but there was still those remnants. And now we're facing the opposite, where we were a Christian world. I would say we're a post-Christian world now facing paganism influence. So when we think about it, our situation wasn't much different than Monica. And that's why Patty and I ended up writing this book, because there's sort of a tsunami right now of young people leaving the faith. And it is a heartache for many, many parents. And we discovered through our friendship meeting uh, through a through an article that someone wrote, and we, we discovered each other on either side of the state, Patty and Bismarck and I here in Fargo, that uh, we had some things in common, including, unfortunately, that some of our children had questioned to a point of kind of walking away from the faith, at least temporarily. We always have hope and always will retain that hope that, that they're going to come back. So we never speak in absolutes, but at the moment, we, we carry that cross. Mm-hmm. Patty, I, I'm wondering, I mean, this, the, you know, who is this written for? It's, pr- it's a pretty obvious question, but it can't just be for moms who have, or moms and dads who have children who are, who've left the church. Patty, who'd you write this for? Well, thank you for saying moms and dads, because there's just as many dads out there. Um, but I, I, I mean, women tend to be more vocal and, and buy a lot of books <laughs> more than men, but there's a lot of dads that talk about their too that are, are feeling that what did maybe they take even the burden heavier than, than moms do sometimes. Like, where did I go wrong? Because fathers feel like, well, I'm the head of the family. Why did my children walk away from the faith? But what has amazed us, and it's fun talking to you now after the book, 
has been out. It was released on the Feast of St. Monica, August 27th. And the kind of feedback we're getting, some of it has been um, very surprising for us because there are people whose children haven't left the faith. There are people who um, their children haven't left home yet. And they're telling us how much they love the book. Uh, one one lady, uh, Dorothy Kowalski, who does uh, Midday Moms, said she couldn't put it down. And we, we just were writing from our whole heart and soul. And we also had an understanding that there was a time that I thought, well, I would never need a book like this. I'm not going to be in that position. And when I say need a book like this, ultimately, our message is we can go deeper in our own faith. And we can't control. We can do our best. We can lay the groundwork, plant the seeds, be a good example. But we can't make our children's decisions for them. And so... It surprises us, some of the decisions they make, but it usually happens little by little. You know, the culture is pulling pretty hard these days. And um, when they're out there and they've left home, if they don't keep their focus and their prayer life on God, and even even maybe they might have a dry spell, if they don't persevere, they're, they're going to get pulled aside. And the culture is very hostile to religion. So here we are with some of them having drifted away, um, but... But I worked with an exorcist once, and I was letting him know that I had a son who was working for the poor but didn't, didn't believe in God. He came to believing in God, but he's kind of new age now. And he said, no, no, no. He said he thinks it's him, but it's Jesus in him, and he's living off the fat of his Catholic faith. So even though our kids maybe have drifted from the faith, you know, that the, the foundation we gave them is still there, and we trust that they will come back to that. Yeah, and like not just the foundation that you lay, but also the sacramental graces too. I'm sure of people who were baptized, confirmed, received Eucharist at one point in their lives. Um, Roxanne, I want to know how uh, you and Patty got connected to write this book. Like where where this all started. I, I'm sure there's a great story for this. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, when I saw that there was another Catholic mom writer on the other side of the state who had. 10 kids and I only had five and I was muddling through that life of trying to trying to do some writing and trying to raise my kids I thought I need to know this woman you know so yeah. so slowly this friendship developed it, it deepened because my mom happens to live in Bismarck and as it turned out we didn't realize right away but she lives just not very far from Patty and they go to the same church the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit so there was all these connecting points and um, it just was we whenever I would go to visit my mom I, I would try to check in with Patty, and, and we'd have these long, long discussions. And at some point, um, we felt the spirit of St. Monica kind of entering in. At some point, her name came up, and um, I think we, we both yearned to know more about her. I, this book, What Would Monica Do?, that we wrote um, for Ascension Press, is not a biography on her. We studied some biographies for this book, but really it's more we check in with Monica. It's kind of a journey we take with each other. And we want to bring other people into this journey with us because we realized it's kind of a, a deeply held truth when this happens. Um, it's a surprise. It's a heartache. It's a grief. It's confusing. It's shattering in some ways that the only thing we really wanted for our kids was to, that they would get to heaven, that they would be in communion with the church. So um, we realized that... It was something that we maybe would need to draw out of others just as we, you know, had drawn out of one another as well. And we wanted to offer hope and companionship. But at the same time, we also needed to kind of expose what was going on. I know Dr. David Anders on one of his programs, he gets 
a lot of people call in with this issue for all of the radio hosts, actually. Yeah. Um, and he said it is kind of an unprecedented time in history as far as what is going on. Yeah. So I think a lot of us were caught off guard. I think one of the reasons some younger parents are maybe interested in this book is to kind of ask the question, like, how can I prevent this from happening? You might not get that because we don't have a one, two, three, do these three things and everything's going to turn out. Right. What we say is this could happen, and but there's things that we can do. So you don't have to be without hope or despair in that. So hopefully that can at least prepare people spiritually, that there are many things we can do to lay the groundwork to, to at least uh, keep those relationships there. And I think that's an important part of this. Yeah. I, I hope there's a lot of dads that are going to be reading this book because when it comes to the formation of children and, you know, that's the data that's out there about the influence of the father mm -hmm. and the children staying within the faith, it's absolutely stunning, mm -hmm. you know. And but again, you know, it's 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 a team effort, you know. And uh, yeah, we we do bring that up in the book. Um, we talk about fatherlessness and the yep. importance uh, of fathers, and we talk about Saint Joseph as a support. One of the things is there is that great travesty of a lot of people, a lot of wives without fathers that are you know husbands that are traveling with them, or vice versa, or people that have that father wound. Mm -hmm. um, that just didn't have that that strength in their father, but we all have a loving father in God, and so nobody is without uh, resources. And, th and that's another thing that we want to equip people with to let them know, because there's unequally yoked situations, there's single parenthood, but no one is without hope. No one has to feel alone in this. Now the book's been out for a while, so I imagine you've heard stories. I mean, you already kind of mentioned some already. What are some of the blessings that you've, you know, you've heard about or that have come about for you as a result of uh, writing the book? Well, a real blessing we have is a Facebook group, What Would Monica Do? Catholic mm -hmm. Parents, What Would Monica Do? And so we are continually getting feedback from people, and we have people coming forward and saying, um, my son went to Mass, you know, and being all excited, or, you know, my daughter's been asking questions, and so... We're seeing these ongoing journeys, and we have ongoing journeys in the book. We have happy ending stories in the book. So, like, wow, this happened in, you know, St. Saint, Saint, um, Bartolo Longo was a, raised in a Catholic family, became a Satanist, and converted so fully that he became a Catholic saint. So um, we, we share uh, Father Don Calloway's story. And I'm, I, I had interviewed him before for the Amazing Grace book series that I was um, involved in with Jeff Cavins and Matt Pinto, and then I had interviewed his mother also. So we put those interviews together so we could hear from his mother and what he was going through and how she prayed. And, and the, the biggest takeaway that I'm getting as far as feedback is the consolation this is bringing to people. Because, yeah, this is serious. You know, we do want them all to get to heaven. Don't act like, ah, eh, you know, God loves my children more than I do. It's going to turn out well. Like, well, no, we need to pray for them, um, but our prayers are powerful. They count. Um, go deeper in our own faith. Get that consolation. And we have a chapter. Uh, one of our chapters is called Worry is Not a Prayer. Um, mm -hmm. That we want to, like, if you, and we have a chapter on forgiveness and anger. If you have regrets, go to confession, and then you've got to leave that behind. God doesn't want us to walk around moping around, all stressed out, worrying all the time. Like, that is not going to be good for anybody. So, so transfer that worry into hope and trust in God and the Blessed Mother. We have saint stories. We have scripture passages. We, we have it all. I don't think there's anything we didn't include. 
so we did talk about like the culture today and it's like what churches are children coming back to we can worry ourselves to death and just like let that go just go deeper in your own faith and put our children in god's hands and and in the blessed mother and and all the angels and saints and saint joseph that we we can have trust in our in the power of our prayers and let it go that and we are so um we are so happy to see the kind of <laughs> feedback that this is having on people. Yeah. That they are letting that, some of that go. You know, we don't want to increase people's worry. We want to relieve them of some of those burdens. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I, I have so many more questions on the other side of the break, but we're going to take a quick break. We're on the phone with Patty Armstrong, and we've got Roxanne Salonen in studio. Stay, more, stay with us on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. What the Magi Learned Going into the house, the Magi saw the child. Outwardly, their journey was now over. But at this point, a new journey began for them, which changed their whole lives. Deep within themselves, they felt prompted to go in search of the true justice that can only come from God. And they wanted to serve this king, to fall prostrate at his feet, and to play their part in the renewal of the world. This was where their inner journey began. It started at the very moment when they knelt down before this child and recognized him as the promised king. But they still had to assimilate these joyful gestures internally. They had to change their ideas about power, about God and about man, and in so doing, they also had to change themselves. They had to learn to give themselves. No lesser gift would be sufficient for this king. But they had to learn that their lives must be conformed to this divine way of exercising power, to God's own way of being. They must become men of truth, of justice, of goodness, of forgiveness, of mercy. They will have to ask, how can I serve God's presence in the world? They must learn to lose their life and in this way to find it. Having left Jerusalem behind, they must not deviate from the path marked out by the true King as they follow Jesus. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Back. You're back again with Jack Canelli and Ryan Sapol. We're talking about with uh, we're talking with Roxanne Solonen in studio and Patty Armstrong is on the phone about their book, What Would Monica Do? And be, uh, before the break, we were talking about you know some of the blessings that have come out of the book and. Uh, during the break, Roxanne said, I've got a story. So <laughs> yeah. why don't we open with that? Yeah, it, it was kind of a fun fun moment. You know, when you put a book out there, you, you never know what's going to come back. And so there's there's some interesting things. But I was at the Eucharistic Congress con- mm. conference, I guess, um, about a month ago now. And 
uh, selling books for the first time, which I was surprised it, it went really well. Sometimes book signings can be kind of lonely, but, but people were quite interested. And there was a woman that I happen to know that goes to my parish, and she's a grandma as well. And she came up to me and she said, I just got out of confession, and the priest gave me, you know, my penance, and then told me to come to your book table to buy your book. <laughs> and and then I thought, oh wow, yes. okay. And and she she but she was happy to to receive it. And I'm assuming that she is in this situation and and was was lamenting that in the confessional. And later she she emailed me and said, Roxanne, this is the most, this is one of the best books I've ever read. And she just said it's just been so helpful. And she just went on and on. So. Not, not to, to gush about it. Honestly, this book came from heartache. So it was the book that we never wanted to write. Um, so we're, we're happy that it's doing well and that it's touching hearts, but we'd have preferred not to ever write it. But I love how God uses our suffering, can use our suffering if we're open to it to bless others. And I think that's one of the things he's done here with Patty and I in our own suffering. He brought us together. He brought Monica into our fold. And now we're able to give that back. And we're still in that journey with others. We're not the experts telling them what to do. We're actually still with them. We're learning from them. The people that come to our Facebook page, we're right there with them. We're asking for prayers too. Yeah. So it's not, it's an equal relationship as far as being in this veil together. I think that it's something that's so, you know, it's heartbreaking, but it's also beautiful is that we have a community of people who, I mean, I don't, there's a lot of people who know people who have left the faith. And like, I think we were, we were even telling our own stories here on, during the break and like, it's such a beautiful thing that you have this community uh, on the Facebook group. Are there other places that you have communities um, that you can, you can connect with people through this book? Patty, you yeah. can maybe share about the, the group that started in, is it Michigan? Yes, um, it's called Millions of Monicas, and oh. they reached out to us. And this is spreading, and it's a prayer group. And they, um, I've, I've talked with some of the organizers, and they, um, they don't share, like, you, you're just gathered for prayers. This isn't like a support group and everybody's telling their story. You've got to be careful about that. You have, to be, you have to have a certain amount of privacy and just not throw everything out there. And, and um, what, what we discovered, so millions of Monica's looked that up. If, um, maybe you might be interested in starting one near your, um, in your area. Um, we have, uh, like I have a group of moms. We gather together once a month for, um, we just say a rosary together for our families. And everybody has different situations. So we pray a rosary, and our only intention is for the holiness of our family. And then we have a potluck. So we gather together, and we feel close to life. It's nice to be with other Catholic women who understand our situation. Um, and really, you know, we talked a, a little bit about that, that humility, um, that we didn't see this coming, and the fact that we wrote this book. Like, yeah, yeehaw, we're writing this book about a kid living the faith. It's like, oh, my goodness, it's not exactly a feather in our cap. But we realized that coming from a position of humility, and we're not the experts, but we sure brought in a lot of the experts, everything from saints to priests and exorcists. We have, um, you know, a whole chapter on spiritual warfare and quotes from exorcists. Oh, you know, God did give us authority over our children, and he, he had them baptized, and he took that, those promises seriously. So, um, and, and we, we understand that, you know, that human frailty of maybe judging or being jealous, and it's like, we've got to walk away from that stuff and start to realize, like, we're not doing this for the world, we're doing it for our kids' souls, and we have to leave some of that behind. Um, so, in, but, but it's a good thing, because it's where we should have started, it should have been our starting place, but sometimes life has to teach us a few hard lessons, um, and so now we're going forward in humility, and it's hard to say, well, 
here we are, we're in the Catholic media. Because we know a lot of people in the Catholic media, they have to be careful. And they're in the same situation, but they don't want to shut up from the rooftops for a lot of good reasons. You know, if you have a Catholic ministry, do you want to tell everybody, hmm, my, uh, my kids left the faith? Because <laughs> then some people are going to go, oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go listen to somebody who got better results. Instead yeah. of the fact that we're doing all we can and we're recognizing that we can't control everything, which, you know, God's first children didn't listen to him either. Um, and Jesus' apostles didn't all stay true to the faith. And some ran away, you know, some came back, and unfortunately there was one. He could have been the greatest story of forgiveness ever that went the other way. But, um, but we, you know, we can't put ourselves above God, and we can't control our kids, and that's not the way it's meant to be. And now there's some power in the humility. We have a chapter. It's not all bad. So when, our, when there's pain, when there's suffering, we can use that. We have, we have another chapter on suffering, and uh, Jeff Cavins recorded one of his books, in that um, don't waste even the low-level suffering. We, these can all be gifts, and we can put them towards our intentions of our children's conversion. Even if they're the ones causing our pain, let's give it back to them as a gift. And then we so fully defeat the devil because what he intended for harm, we're going to give it back and use it for good. We are on the phone with Patty Armstrong, and we've got Roxanne Salonen in studio. We're talking about their new book, What Would Monica Do? And y'all have a book signing coming up pretty quick here in Fargo. Is that right? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we thought it would be nice to not only sell books, but also to just kind of meet some of the locals. And so Patty's going to be in town on November 5th. That's a Saturday. We're going to be at Hurley's Religious Goods from 10 to noon, and then also at Holy Family Bookstore from 1 to 3. So we're really excited um, that both of these local bookstores have opened up their a little space for us. And people... A lot of people here know me, but maybe they've never met Patty, so I'm excited to have her here to, to just get to know people and, and share a little bit more in person. Such a great community that you're building here, and I think it's going to be, um, you know, especially for for how you had even mentioned, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to write this book, and I don't think anyone does, but it's such a such a necessary thing to have this out in the open so that we can talk about these things. So, exactly. Um, are there any words of encouragement, Roxanne, that you have for people who have been struggling with family members who have left the church or other other situations like it? I think sometimes we forget the obvious, which is just to continue again, as we've said, to grow our own faith, to grow closer to God ourselves. But then also, as we're older and our kids come home, to just set that 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 uh, setting of love and community with our kids and that relationship, mm. because I think that is how God shines out into our families. And as we can continue to love our kids and be a bridge for them and to not, sh- not have those conversations that are going to shut them down, but to ask lots of questions yeah. and to model our faith through our daily living, that is such a witness. We are witnessing Christ to them. And so sometimes, I mean, that's a lot, yeah. but we forget about it. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. Roxanne Salonen and Patty Armstrong wrote a great book called What Would Monica Do? They're having a book signing next Saturday, November 5th, 10 to noon at Hurley's and 1 to 3 p.m. at Holy Family Bookstore in Fargo, both Fargo locations. Jack, it's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. And thank you, Patty and Roxanne, for being with us today. And we hope you can have you on again uh, sometime in the future. And maybe you can tell us more about, you know, how the the book has been affecting people. And uh, Well, thank you. Yes. Thank and you both, Jack and Ryan. It's been a thank pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And now for our listeners, this is part of the program I'm sure some of you have been waiting for. This is our technical director preview of the next show with Rachel. Take it away. On the next or Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, 
Kelly Schneider and Amanda Ellercamp are your hosts, coming to you live from Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. They will be talking with Bishop David Kagan of the Bismarck Diocese about St. Pope John Paul II, and Father Bob Schreiner will be sharing about Eucharistic healing services for marriages and families. All this and much more is coming on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Okay, Rachel, you nailed it. Thank you. But Nailed it. The only problem is is we still have two minutes to fill here, Ryan. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping you got a, a joke lined up. I can give you one. You okay. ready for this? I'm, I got this. I, is, this I, is a terrible one, um, but uh, uh, but I'll, I'll try it. Uh, we'll see if this goes well. I used to hate facial hair, but then it grew on me. These yeah. are just lame. Yeah, I These get it. These are just terrible I jokes. I get it. I These get are just it. terrible yeah. jokes. That's kind of like uh, the the rabbi, a priest, and a Protestant minister walked into a bar, and the dark bartender says, what is this, some kind of joke? <laughs> yep, that's a good one, too. Yeah. I, I think uh, you're going to be really glad to have Doreen back next time that you're on. But... Oh, no. I Well, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I put you in a trap but, quote. Uh, but I did enjoy having you with me yeah. today. Oh, this has been a, blast, a great Jack. fun because I know you really enjoy being on the air just hey. like I do. I'm a wannabe radio guy. I have been all my life. This was my dream job as a kid, so it's fun to live it out every once in a while. Yes. This is fun. So here we are living the dream today. Yes, and, we are. And Real Presence Live. And yes. uh, anyway, we... Uh, uh, well, let's just say that's that wraps up our show for today, unless you can come up with another joke. But we'll let our listeners know that uh, you, know, you can stay tuned to Real Presence Radio for more great programming. And uh, uh, we're followed next by Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Should we close with a prayer, Jack? Let's close with a prayer. Let's do that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was Plus in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's it. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for more good Catholic programming. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.